0: Auburn will have one of the best passing offenses in school history and it doesn't matter who's at quarterback
1: freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast yes you are locked on Auburn your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers
0: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Yes, welcome on in to Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Auburn will have one of the best passing offenses in school history this season in 2023, and it doesn't matter who's at quarterback, whether it's Robbie Ashford, whether it's Holden Gerner, whether it's TJ Finley, whether it's Hank Brown, the, the true freshman coming in, or a quarterback that they add during the May transfer portal period. Looking at Hugh Freeze's resume, and his past resume includes stops at SEC schools, where the old Auburn fan base kind of agreed that Auburn should be in a better path to get talent than Ole Miss. Obviously, Ole Miss is included in that, and we'll hear from Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss later in the show. But looking at what his offenses averaged per game through the year, at Arkansas State, 293. At Ole Miss, 290. At Liberty, it dropped to 250. Malik Willis's running game was a big part of that. So some folks that, that aren't super stat heavy may say, okay, well, like what's what's normal? What are we used to at Auburn? And in 2022, it's the lowest it's been in a minute. And I think there's a million factors that play into that. And we can touch on that if we have time, but in 2022, Auburn averaged 172.7 yards per the air per game. Right? I think there's a lot of things that go into that um, quarterback carousel early in the year. Robbie Ashford got hurt. Um, really bad offensive line. Really bad offensive scheme. Whatever. There's a million things that go into that. In 2021, actually the highest in recent memory at 240. 0.1 yards per game that was brian harson's first year but then you start to go back a little bit and it's like well when has it ever been anywhere close to anything that hugh freeze has done at his recent stops i mean we're talking about in the 290s and even even 250 you know I, if auburn has an offense where they average 250 like what hugh freeze did in ole miss like we all take that we take it in a heartbeat and all of a sudden, Auburn wins three or four more games a year. I mean, that's is that big of a deal. In 2020, it was 220. In 2019, it was 207. I mean, Auburn staying between this 200 and 230 range. Even 2017, I thought the 2017 stats would look better just because that offense was really fun with Jarrett Stidham and Carry on Johnson was a big part of that. But like they threw to Carry on Johnson a lot, but still, even that was 233.4 yards per game. The only season I could really find that compares somewhat to what Hugh Freeze has been able to do was all the way back in 2004. Obviously, that was a special season. And even though you had Ronnie and Carnell, Jason Campbell threw it for 248 yards on average per game or the offense did. That wasn't all him, but it was, obviously he was the vast majority of it. So you just look at it and it's like, how, how is it this bad for so long? And we that's just not what Gus Malzahn did. It's not what Gene Chizik did in his short time here. Um, it's not what Brian Harson did in his short time, even though Brian Harson was closer in 2021 uh, to that number than any other season in recent memory, which is kind of wild to think about. But another thing why I think this is going to trend up, not only Hugh Freeze's scheme, right? And, and I think... I think the talent's on this roster. I really do. I think with what they went out and got through the offensive line, with the offensive line through the portal, I think it's all going to be there. But in 2022, last season, only two teams in the SEC allowed fewer than Auburn's average of 172 passing yards through the air. Texas A&M allowed 156 because I think their running game was just atrocious. And also, like, they played Auburn, which is funny. Um... Yeah, they 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 gave up over 200 yards on the ground every game. So this is like run against Texas A&M. And then Kentucky was 170. I mean, Kentucky had a good defense, but they also played the East. And so, you know, I, I think there's some things that go along with that. But you just look at some of the numbers that folks in the SEC West gave up. Arkansas gave up 294 passing yards per game. Bandy gave up 290, which Auburn will play this season. So that's certainly going to help that number. Tennessee gave up 289. Florida gave up 230 um Auburn gave up 222 just for kind of the sake of the comparisons and so you just look at this 172 number and it's just so bad. It's just so so bad. And and I think this number is going to go up because I think this is the easiest schedule that I can remember in recent Auburn history with, you know, the ability to go to Cal. You got to think that weather's going to be beautiful when they play in Berkeley. They're going to be able to throw the football and just you look at the non-conference slate and the quarterback should be able to throw for 250 or 300 yards in those games in a Hugh Freeze style of offense. I don't care how many touches Jarquez Hunter gets, this Auburn offense should be able to move it because Hugh Freeze allows his receivers to create space. And so I think that's something that's encouraging. And we talked about it yesterday when Mike G was on the show. When we talked about, okay, who's a wide receiver that can step up? Auburn hasn't really had any of these big numbered seasons for wide receivers because the passing offense just hasn't been there. And Auburn's had quarterbacks, right? Like, I mean, even with Cam, even with Nick Marshall, even with, um, you know, even with Jarrett Stidham, you know, uh, it's just the numbers should have been better up to this point. So I believe when you keep all that in mind, Auburn is going to have, whoever's a quarterback, I just think the offense as a whole, is going to have one of the best passing offenses in school history, and it doesn't matter. Who's at quarterback now who's at quarterback. Will it impact it? Some of course, absolutely. Because the quarterbacks, the guy throwing the ball and, and obviously, you know, Robbie Ashford, if it is Robbie Ashford, he's going to have more of a running game incorporated into what he's trying to do. If it is a guy like Grayson McCall, a lot of you in the comment section yesterday brought up Grayson McCall to not count out Grayson McCall from coastal Carolina. I'm with you. Don't count him out. Cause if he graduates, it doesn't matter if Auburn has his degree Or not, he can grad transfer to anywhere in college football. That's just kind of the nature of what the rules are. And there's a lot of people that think that's kind of what's happening, which if that is the plan, it kind of makes sense why Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff didn't add someone. So if that happens, definitely, I think Auburn will have its best passing season in history, in the history of the program, as far as looking at yards per game, which is how we count it. That's how we score it. And so that's going to be a big, a big, big part of it. All right. Coming up, what position is Austin Keys going to play? Is it linebacker? Is it a jack? Can he move all over the place? Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss touches on that in just a moment, right here. Unlocked on Lockdown Auburn, but look, the NFL playoffs are here. There's only three more football games this season, and uh, you want to get in on the action. And so we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On. It is FanDuel. It's America's favorite sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers, listeners, viewers, you can join today and get started with $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. If FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line, to point spreads, player props, they've got it all. They've got it all going on. Hopefully some of you guys made some money with that Auburn and a Texas A&M game last night. We'll see. We'll see. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Joining us now, Locked On Ole Miss host, Stephen Willis. I want to get your thoughts on... Our offensive line coach and what you thought of him at Ole Miss. But first things first, let's talk about Austin Keys, the new Auburn linebacker, the former Ole Miss linebacker. Seemed like he played a lot of snaps, Steven. When you look at his PFF grades and different things that analytics say about him, it's kind of hot and cold depending on the game that you want to look at. But your overall thoughts, let's go in chronological order here. When Austin Keys hit the portal, you were thinking what?
1: I was thinking, well, it was a potential loss, but it's not really a loss that, you know, it was all potential up to that point. You know, you kept waiting on him to turn that corner, and he never did. So Auburn could be getting an absolute jewel, because if you look at him on paper, just the analytics and the stats of him, the guy's a ball player. It just pops off the paper. But when he gets on the field, he just kind of disappears. Like Troy Brown, who played middle linebacker for Ole Miss last year, Um, was a 210-pound soaking wet linebacker from Central Michigan, and that guy flashed all over the place. And then you kept – it was like, where's the other guy? And, you know, it it could happen with the right defensive coaching. And I think the Ole Miss scheme was probably not a good fit for him as a player. This isn't anything on Austin Keyes. Like I said, when you look at his measurables, it's all there. And I think Rod Roberts would do a heck of a job with him at Auburn. I think he would fit. That system that like Dave Aranda and those Delta State guys did, I think that is a really good fit for him. But in that three-two-six under DJ Durkin and, and Chris Partridge, he kind of left you wanting.
0: Yeah, what I think they're going to do a lot with him because I think he moves well, mm-hmm. Steven. I, I think it's just he didn't always know where exactly to move to. At least that's mm-hmm. what I'm picking up on. You tell me if uh, if if you think I'm wrong on that. But I think with all of this like. Simulated pressure and throwing a lot, uh, showing a lot of pressure before before the snap. Him kind of walking up into the A gap, maybe like, is he coming? Is he not? I I think that could potentially help him because athleticism. That's not the question here, right? Or or am I off on this?
1: No, he's an extremely athletic player. Now there is a YouTube gif if somebody can find it. It's from Austin Keys against Alabama in 2021 to where an offensive lineman was pulling around the end. Austin Keyes met him and de the pulling guard. This is the physical and athletic stuff and the flashes that he can provide. Like I said, he's a really good player. It's just his potential just never seemed to get completely met. That promise never was really fulfilled at Ole Miss. And we'll have to see what he does at Auburn because he has the potential to do it. He has the potential to be a really good defensive linebacker. Ron Roberts, everybody needs to remember, when he was at Baylor and the defensive coordinator with the Dave Aranda, he played against Lane Kiffin, and, A, Matt Corral got hurt. I think he had 10 sacks in that game against Lane Kiffin. So he wants to simulate pressure. He wants to bring guys from all angles. And if you are not 100% on board, yeah, you're going to struggle. Now, the offensive line coach that we're going to talk about a little bit later that struggled in that game, Right. Was your new offensive line coach, but that's a different story altogether.
0: Sure, sure. Um, all right, so as far as instant fit, I mean, he's an upperclassman, right? He's kind of running out of eligibility, Steven. So you, you got to think if a guy entered the portal and, and was staying in the SEC, you got to think that he wants playing time, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think he will get that at Auburn? What do you think those conversations potentially looked like between he and whether it was Roberts or he and Hugh Freeds or you know, whoever headed up his recruitment? Do you think he can make a splash year one um, in a new place in the SEC?
1: Yeah, I think he'll play. I, I do think he'll get on the field. Um, and I think, honestly, if, you, if Ron Roberts has a Jack-like position to where a lot of times the guy's just told to get after the quarterback, yeah. I th- I think that would be a really good fit for him. Okay. But we'll have to see how he's being used. He might just be a guy that has all this potential and all these numbers and everything, but in reality there's just a slice of the pie that he's really good at. If Ron Roberts can find that slice of the pie and maximize that, I think yeah. he'll be a really good player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean bringing in him and then DeMario Tolle, the former LSU linebacker within uh, you know, just a, a day apart. I mean, that that's kind of was Auburn's biggest question at that point of the portal. And it's like, man, if they can just get another guy that they can feel comfortable putting next to Cam Riley, because look, I don't think Auburn fans feel super confident with Cam Riley being the number one option. I don't know if Austin keys is the number one option or DeMario Tolan. it seems like they're all kind of number two options, all three of them, but maybe a guy can step up. Maybe it's keys. Maybe it's Tolan he looked great against Alabama. We'll see if he's able to do it, but, I mean, I, I think worst case is he makes the room better. And I think best case is he's Auburn's number one linebacker in uh, yeah. in, in 2023. Yeah, like the Ole Miss
1: quarterback room. Iron sharpens iron, you know. <laughs> There's
0: a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Have fun covering that for the next yeah. uh, the next six months. It's going to be a lot of quarterback talk. Oh, over yeah, all on. quarterbacks all the time. That's right. That's right. All right, you hinted at him. Jake Thornton will get Stephen's thoughts on Coach Thornton in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Got to tell you about our friends at Alumni Hall. If you're not in the Auburn or Opelika or Huntsville markets, you can go to alumnihall.com. But these are our friends because we love buying Auburn swag. doesn't matter if it's shirts, jackets, jerseys, hats, socks, pants, uh, stuff you put on your wall, any kind of memorabilia, drinkware. They've got a lot of drinkware, tailgate stuff. Doesn't matter what it is. Our friends at Alumni Hall have it in person in Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville, and online at alumnihall.com. Or for whatever reason you want to look at other school stuff, they have other school-related gear at alumnihall.com. Just be sure to check them out if you're, for some reason, living with people that aren't Auburn fans. They've got you covered there, too. But seriously, it's where I go. To get all of my officially licensed stuff, you know, sometimes you'll go to a store and buy an Auburn shirt and like, ah, oh, that orange isn't right, or that blue's a little too bright. You don't have to worry about that because all of their gear is officially licensed, and that matters to me. And if you were paying attention to an Auburn football show in January, it probably matters to you as well. So check out our friends AlumniHall.com. All right, Stephen, you mentioned uh, you, you, you kind of took a stab at your former offensive line coach. I'm curious to hear. Your thoughts on this? Now, when he was at Ole Miss, Stephen, we constantly heard about how effective you know, the offensive line was in Oxford, specifically in the running game. Didn't matter who was at running back, and they had several good ones last year at Ole Miss. But your thoughts on Thornton and your thoughts on what exactly the offensive line play looked like in Oxford under his time there?
1: Yeah, the first thing that everybody needs to know about Ole Miss' offensive line is 95% of the plays, the offensive line run blocks because it's an RPO. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the quarterback holds the ball too long, if the RPO read is off the second or third level, that means it's going to be a little bit longer and pressure is easier to be had whenever you're going against a run block instead of a pass set, whenever you're catching and you're attacking instead of catching. So Jake Thornton, I think, does get a little bit too much blame for the pass protection issues that Ole Miss had last year because of that. Now, run blocking, I mean, there's some dudes, but you also have to remember, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans in the backfield, that would make make most offensive lines look good. No question. No question about it. the, the the realm with Jake Thornton is probably somewhere in the middle. He's not a gangbuster. It's not what the pass protection is saying. He's probably somewhere in the middle, but The relationship had deteriorated over time because of everything that's going on, I think, between Lane Kiffin and Jake Thornton. And because that, it became untenable to the point where the night of the Egg Bowl, before the game, he said his goodbyes to his offensive line players. So he was already gone. The rumor was he was going to Georgia Tech, ended up at Auburn, but it's probably a contract reset. Everything goes lateral move for Jake Thornton, and he has a chance to continue to build up because it – if people know about Jake Thornton's history, I think he came to Ole Miss from like Gardner Webb.
0: His ascension's been incredible.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, he it, at some point you need to plateau a little bit, and I think that's what he's in the process of doing right now. So
0: it's yeah, not really real quick, Stephen. Just gonna, so everybody gets this: in 2016, he was at Western Carolina doing quality control. In 2017, he was a GA at Bama. 18 and 19, run game coordinator slash offensive line at Tennessee Tech. In 2020, was at Garner Webb doing the same job. And then um in 2021, he was uh he was at at, uh, at Ole Miss doing yeah. offensive line. So I mean his ascension has been awesome. Mm-hmm. And
1: and he's a really good recruiter, he's a highly energetic guy. I think the Auburn fan base will really enjoy having him on staff. The point for Ole Miss fans, whenever they say that hey, we, we wanted him to be gone, it's real similar to the Alabama fans talking about Pete Golding it can be a good situation for both parties. Mm. You, you know, Ole Miss sure. can be happy that he's gone. Auburn can be happy that he's got there, just like Alabama was happy that Pete Golden was gone, and Ole Miss is just over the moon that he's in Oxford. It is Both things can be true.
0: As far as the the guys he brought into Ole Miss on the offensive line, and he may not have been there long enough to really get a full picture of what that looked like, but kind of grade, um, grade his prowess on the recruiting trail. If you don't mind, both high school kids and, um, and, you, uh, I guess guys through the transfer portal. My mic is freaking out over here, Steven. My apologies. Yeah. Yo, no worries. Um,
1: well, like Jaden Williams, the left tackle, and Michael Pettis, the right tackle, yeah. were both redshirt freshmen recruited, signed, and everything by Jake Thornton, developed by Jake Thornton. So that, right. that's a prowess. But neither one of those guys were super highly recruited four star guys. They were developmental guys, which is probably good news. Um, for whatever you have in your room. So he did a good job with them. The interior of the offensive line, last year there was a problem with snaps. Um, There was some shuffling and moving around and trying to get it to work. And I like to think of the offensive line, even though it's a cohesive five-man unit, it's really an exterior offensive line and an interior offensive line. And if one of those is a problem, it can blow up the whole thing. And the beginning of the season, the offense was kind of messed up because the interior of the offensive line wasn't quite where it needed to be. And by the end of the season, that kind of messed up the exterior offensive line, still a ton of running yards like Quinshawn and Zach good players, but Jackson Dart, if he held the ball a little bit too long on an RPO, which he is a down the field thrower, he does. Mm-hmm. He's going to face some pressure. He's going to take some hits. Texas tech is going to flip him on his head, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Be patient with Jake, but I think Jake would do a a decent job, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, what he's done on the recruiting trail and what he's done through the portal in his short time here has been nothing short. I mean, we haven't seen anything like it at Auburn um, as long as I've been covering the team. So that's very, very exciting. Steven, what's your thoughts? Give me the Ole Miss side of this weird relationship between Auburn and Ole Miss right now. I assume that was sparked due to Lane Kiffin. But, um, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on the current state of the relationship between Auburn and Ole Miss.
1: Now, that's not entirely true from the Ole Miss side of things. That might have been sparked on the Auburn side. Okay. The Ole Miss thing was ignited whenever La- um, Laquan Treadwell broke his leg going in for the game-winning touchdown in like 2014.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, whenever whenever that happened and the reaction of it, and I know it wasn't Auburn's fault, but the newspaper running a finding away way. Headline, the News. Yep. Yes. And that right there, that planet at the sea to Ole Miss people, they're, they're going to be extremely anti-Auburn from that moment on. That is just the way it's going to be. And yep. this Lane Kiffin stuff exasperated it because, you know, for better or worse, for a, two weeks, they were bombarded by Auburn Twitter about how there's nothing you can do about this. It's over. Yeah, I mean, you're such a low-level program, things like that. Yeah. And when it didn't happen, when it fell through for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they got to snap back a little bit. And since that snapback, I think it's a two-way thing. And that football game is going to be fantastic in German here awesome. next year. It's, it's going to be, be awesome. amazing. And uh, either Spencer Sanders, Walker Howard, or Jackson Dart's going to take the field that day. And is it's just going to be spectacular.
0: It's going to be fun. I mean, not that you needed more drama in the SEC mm-hmm. West, but the more of it that we have and the more potential storylines to talk about all summer until uh, until the season starts, like, heck, I- I'm cool with that. Give me beef with every college football program out there. I-, I-, I think it's fun. I think it makes college football even more entertaining than it already is. So if there's another, uh, if there's another matchup that Auburn and Ole Miss fans get to circle going into the season, I'm cool with it.
1: Yeah, it's upsetting because this year, the twenty twenty three is probably the last year of this current ske- scheduling um, iteration, that's which correct. means Ole Miss and Auburn is likely going to be an every other year opponent moving forward from that. So this this year has um, a little bit on it because there's going to be bragging rights potentially for two years after this game. That's
0: a good point. That's a good point, mm-hmm. and that's not official yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I certainly hope it trends in that direction. Well, mm-hmm. um. We'll have to see. Steven, how can people check out everything you got going on, buddy?
1: Hey, going over to the Locked On Ole Miss YouTube page. Subscribe, hit the bell, comment down below. We got several Auburn people that are in that thread every day. So thank you for that. Um, We're talking about quarterback competitions. We're talking about building on defense, and we're not talking about basketball. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast.
0: That does it for today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed everything that we have going on here today. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow. should be a Ferg Friday action. Also, Zepp Jasper, Auburn Guard, will join us as well. And if you want to hear more about the action from last night's basketball game, be sure to check that out. It is up on the YouTube page or earlier in your podcast feed. Be sure to check that out. Find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.